Welcome to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Welcome to Senior Straight Talk, where we present informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. I'm Phyllis Amon, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Rubina Chaudhry. Our show, which began in September 2019, was formerly known as Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. As with Senior Straight Talk, all previous episodes can be heard and downloaded on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, as well as popular podcast platforms. Please remember to like, click, and share our episodes. A few weeks ago, I began to introduce short news items at the top of the show. You can now hear Senior News Today on my YouTube channel at Phyllis Amon Associates. Please like, share, and subscribe to that as well. Also, for those listeners feeling stressed, stretched, and overwhelmed, help is here. Resilience Toolbox Secrets will help you recharge, reset, and recommit as you face life's challenges, especially for struggling caregivers and healthcare workers. You can find them on my website at phyllisamonassociates.com. Remember to look out for my upcoming book, Dignity and Respect, Are Our Aging Parents Getting What They Deserve, which should be out in a few weeks. Now for senior news today. In the news, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, in a historic move, announced that all people receiving Medicare benefits will be able to receive antibodies to treat coronavirus at no charge, as long as we are considered to be in a public health emergency. This is the first time that Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has issued such a policy. According to the director, Seema Verma, this approach means beneficiaries can receive potentially life-saving therapies in a range of settings, such as in a doctor's office, nursing home, or infusion centers, as long as safety precautions can be met. She says that it is expected that this aggressive action and innovative approach will undoubtedly save lives. It is thought that initially healthcare providers will be the first ones to receive the antibody product at no charge. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, anticipates that a broad range of providers and suppliers, including freestanding hospital-based infusion centers, home health agencies, nursing homes, and entities with whom nursing homes contract will receive the antibodies in order to administer this treatment and they will bill Medicare. This is great news for healthcare workers and Medicare beneficiaries alike. Moving on from the news, before we begin, at this juncture, I want to thank Peter DeGear of DeGear Therapy Services for his support. Peter DeGear is a colleague and consultant specializing in rehabilitation therapy services in nursing homes. Now I want to say hello to my co-host, Rubina Chaudhry. Rubina, how are hello, you? Hello, Phyllis. You've been busy. Yeah, very, very busy, as you can well see. Yes. How's everything going at your end? You've been busy with your um, with Olive um, this week as well, have you not? Definitely. I have also been very busy with Olive as well as with my uh, uh, my work life 
And as I was just sharing with you just before recording this uh, podcast, I hosted a virtual Thanksgiving luncheon for my employees. And I am, you know, sort of say fresh off from having a virtual turkey dinner or a turkey oh. lunch, which, which I normally would have had and totally enjoyed all the all the trimmings and that, but we were safe and uh, connected with each other. And that was wonderful. And coming back to Olive, um, it's really phenomenal, all the things that are happening in our parallel universes on the East Coast and the West Coast, and then and we're connecting. We are in Olive having a 30-day walkathon for the whole month of November. And that's, it's going to roll into the reason why we have the guest today, so that people are mobile. They're walking, they're being just active. And uh, the way the walkathon works, it's very similar to a school spellathon. You join, you make teams, you walk, you sponsor yourself, you get others to sponsor you, all that. And in, in the middle of it, you're having fun, you're being healthy and you're walking. And I'm happy to report that uh, myself and my neighbor friend, who you know well, Shamim, we have walked every single day. Oh, and, good for you. And, and oh. there were maybe two days that I could have easily stayed in bed if it wasn't for that, that peer, that friend doing it right. together, as well as this, uh, you know, the program that we have. And following that, we will have our vision luncheon, which you're very familiar with. Yeah. This year, it will be virtual. And, uh, and our theme is uh, uh, wellness and technology, <laughs> connecting the dots. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, especially in this era, time of COVID-19, where we're so dependent on technology. And Phyllis, yes, you will be with us virtually right but you definitely will be with us last year you hosted uh, a panel discussion which was beautiful when we had this event in a in a hotel yes it uh, was so on intergenerational uh, relationships and that was really wonderful but this year i just want to say that you are going to have as one of your speakers your featured speakers one of the guests that we have had on our show twice twice yes. uh, jack york from in2l it's never too late who has that has wonderful engagement technology so i'm so thrilled for that connection and that he's able to um be there with you this year virtually, of course. No, we're, we're very honored to have him. And uh, actually, we're working on more than one initiatives with uh, with Jack and IN2L. And I think in, in time, they will they will bloom. And in addition, we, we will also have Jack's daughter, who's uh, right. a contestant from the American Idol program. Right. And she will be... Um, singing the song Imagine. Oh, and she has a beautiful voice. So that beautiful. is going to be a real treat. Actually, both of his children are musicians. Right. Very talented. So that, um, I guess the apple doesn't fall far from that tree. <laughs> and, and we will have, uh, you know, gifts for people participating in the um, walkathon. And uh, for you and our guests and others, this is, there's still plenty of opportunity to join us and, uh, and get some uh, worthy gifts that encourage 
walking and activity and uh, and and that. And so on, that note, on that note about walking and activity, I want to introduce our guest. I'm so thrilled to have her here. I'll, um, I'll tell the guests why after I read her bio. So Londa Selman-Gavan is a licensed physical therapist with over 30 years of experience treating patients with a focus on geriatric, pediatric, and bariatric patient care. Londa is the founder and director of JNR Healthcare Associates, a private consulting practice specializing in rehabilitation, quality management in skilled nursing facilities, and community-based senior programs. Her guiding philosophy and approach to rehabilitation stems from an unyielding singular belief that quality health care is not a privilege but a universal right. JNR Associates utilizes various research and evidence-based therapeutic protocols, practices, and strategies to enhance functional independence. Through her practice, um, Ms. Selman Gavan also works to develop programming to improve balance among elderly patients, thus preventing falls, and to retard the effects of aging on mobility via physical strength and fitness training. She has served two consecutive terms on the New York State Board for Physical Therapy and is currently an adjunct instructor for the Department of Physical Therapy at New York University Steinhardt. Um, before Londa joins us, I want to say something on a personal note. I've known Londa for over 20 years. She's a consummate mm -hmm. and passionate professional. And Londa is largely responsible for inspiring me to be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Hi, Londa. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor to work with you over the years really has. I'm very proud of the platform that you guys have. It really is important for our seniors. Yeah, it certainly is. And we all we all share that space. Um, um, Rubina's organization, All of Community Services, mm -hmm. is, is dedicated to providing uh, culturally diverse and appropriate services for people who live in the community. And you work Wonderful. both in the community in senior centers, but mm -hmm. also in skilled nursing facilities. So, you know, let's start there. We talk, you know, as part of your bio, you talk about the, the physical effects of aging and, and how do they affect balance and mobility and movement? Well, ideally, you know, as our bodies mature, there are a lot of changes that occur naturally with the aging process. And one of those uh, things that impact us during the natural aging process is changes in our musculoskeletal system. Um, basically, with our muscles and our bones, they, they change, they do. With regard to the muscles, we involuntarily lose a percentage of muscle mass um, in, in, throughout our decades. Matter of fact, after the age of 30, we lose 3 to 8% of our muscle mass every decade, and it kind of accelerates after the age of 60. And this loss of muscle mass really uh, primarily contributes to the loss of muscle strength. And then that becomes kind of like a domino effect because if those postural muscles become weak, those muscles that stabilize us, the, the core muscles, the abdominal muscles, the pelvic muscles, the large muscles in the hips and knees, your foot ankle muscles, if they're no longer to be stable because of weakness, then we lose our balance and that gives rise to falls. So it's like a domino effect as we age. If there's weakness, then that weakness also starts to facilitate other areas that can impact our mobility. Mm. Well, that makes sense. Um, I, I can tell you that um, I'm 67, 
And I can tell you that in the um, the past, I think I mentioned this to you in, in our last conversation, that I can feel a change in my muscles. Um, of course, yeah. I'm not working out the way I used to because I'm home and I'm not doing what I should, um, even the, with the fact that I do have things at home to, to do that, you know, different kinds of exercises. And for a variety of reasons, I'm not, uh, which is no excuse, I guess. But, <laughs> but I can actually feel a change in my muscles. Um, in my in my muscles, um, it's like I almost felt it happen. It's it's kind yeah. of peculiar. Can you? Is that real? I mean, am I feeling something that's real? No, that's not real. That that goes back to what I'm saying because the 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 muscle mass it changes. So it's very very it's very real. And what happens is that it, with the inactivity, then we lose more and more muscle mass. So you, your body kind of starts to feel a little limpy. You don't feel as strong when you're transitioning, moving over different surfaces in your community and different things in your house. So that all things start to happen. Um, and it gives rise, like I said, to more loss of balance. So it's, it's, it's true because if we don't use those muscles, the old you know, saying, if you don't lose it, you lose If you don't use it, you lose it. Right. It's right. very true. Huh. It's, it's, it's very, very true. And, and what happens, you know, my main concern with a lot of uh, seniors in the community that may be suffering from weakness because of inactivity is the rise of falls. Because about every 11 seconds uh, in this country, there's an older adult in emergency room that has sustained a fall in the community. Hmm. One in four Americans over the age of 65 sustain falls every year. So maintaining our balance and strength is very important in trying to maintain our quality of life and our health. So is there anything that you can do to counteract the effects of that change in your, in your muscle um, mass? Yeah, well, the good, the good news is, after all of that, the good news is that, is that we can. <laughs> yeah, I want to know that. <laughs> we can improve, we can restore, we can retard, and we can slow down the effects of aging just by improving uh, and increasing our activity, uh, even with Olive's program, with just the walking, the weight-bearing activity. So just by starting small increments of activity and exercise can start to reverse some of those processes of aging. So let's say people, uh, you know, I was talking with somebody uh, yesterday who lives in a um, small town in Massachusetts. Well, actually, it's not such a small town, but it's a locale outside of a, a larger area. And she's an older person. And she was telling me that there are no sidewalks uh, where she lives. And I would imagine if there are people that are living in more rural areas where there aren't sidewalks um, or there are fewer sidewalks, even where I live, there are places where there are no sidewalks, that that could be present a challenge to someone who's feeling weaker or has less confidence because they haven't been exercising or moving around. And um, what would you tell people if they're reluctant to, let's say, you know, go outside and walk because either it's near a traffic pattern or it's just that it's not an even surface because I'm sure when your muscles are weaker, it's not as easy to walk on an uneven surface as it is to walk on an even surface. You're absolutely right because that comes what we were talking about in terms of those postural muscles being weak to help stabilize you. But, you know, a lot of our seniors can start their exercise programs right in their living rooms and right in their kitchens in a chair. You know, a lot of times I tell people to start off with sitting exercises, 
sitting in a comfortable chair that's sturdy. They can start doing leg exercises in a sitting position and progress to standing by holding on to the table's surface or holding on to a sturdy chair to make sure they balance themselves. So they can start off with exercise programs just simply in their house that works on those large muscle groups that can really make a significant difference. And they can even start doing walking patterns in their house. You know, I have people make their own walking paths. I think I spoke to you about that earlier. We were talking about how during the, during the pandemic when it first started and I wasn't going out as much and I was taking all these Zoom conferences, I started making a walking path through my house. I started in the bedroom and walk all through the kitchen and the dining room. I encourage some of my seniors to do that as well. Make your own walking path in your home. Start off singing a song, and now by the time you get to the end of the song, you'll be surprised to know how many laps you've actually made. Hmm. So there's all kind of creative work within your own home environment where you can stay safe to try to implement some movement. But definitely starting off with chair exercises because walking is very good, but also to really uh, retard the, the weakness in your muscles, especially those large muscle groups in the legs, the hips and the knees, you want to do some specific exercises in conjunction with the walking. So let me ask you that question then, um, because, you know, you're talking about some specific exercises that people can do, but it's, it's like with many other areas, if you don't know what you're doing, it's not such a great idea to just start to do a particular exercise yeah. because you could do something and wind up um, hurting yourself in a way or, you know, not doing it correctly and causing more harm than good. So what would you suggest to people if they were going to do one thing for themselves safely in their home? Well, the first thing is to contact your primary physician, because you're absolutely right. You want to make sure before you start any type of exercise program that you're cleared medically to start the physical activity, because there are different types of comorbidities that some people may have that may be contraindicated to certain types of activity. So you want to make sure you contact your medical doctor prior to starting those activities. And I usually have patients, once they're cleared, start off at very small increments. So you might start off only doing maybe in a sitting position, uh, 10 to 12 reps, maybe twice a day, or maybe even once a day, depending on uh, how there are a variety of different, like if you have access to the internet or even your uh, doctor's offices sometimes have handouts on just simple exercises that you can begin. Stretching is really important and you can use those as a guide. It's important to rest in between your, your reps of doing your exercises and if anything feels strenuous or you start to feel, uh, have dizziness or, or chest palpitations, any of those type of things, you wanna cease exercising right away. So those parameters can come even from a physical therapist or even from your primary physician. And if you can't get out now, a lot of these uh, health professionals have telehealth visits where they actually come into your home via telehealth. It can help you prescribe out a program for you that works. You know, one of the reasons I also asked that from a personal point of view is because I thought I was going to be just so smart the other day. And um, I had been doing like calf raises when I was waiting for the water to boil or, um, you know, something to eat up. I, but then I had kind of let it go for a few days. And so I started again. And uh, apparently I must have done something. Um, I either I wasn't doing it correctly or I did too many because I had this idea that when I left off being able to do 50, that I should start off and do 50 again, which really wasn't such a smart idea. And I feel like I pulled or strained a muscle in the um, in kind of my ankle, like behind my Ooh. ankle bone. 
And I'm actually, yesterday I had difficulty walking. But you know what? And that's very important. That's why it's important to get some um, advice in terms of starting your exercise program because you can't hurt yourself. You can, over, you can overdo it. Sometimes because we haven't exercised and we haven't moved in such a long time, we kind of feel a little energetic, but we can overuse certain areas of our body, especially if we've not been doing those types of act, physical activities for a while. So it is important to have something prescribed and more importantly to take it slowly and listen to your body. Listen to your body when it's telling you you're starting to do a little too much. Pace yourself. It's better that you start off with less repetitions. And as you progress throughout the week and throughout the months, then you start to increase the amount of repetitions as your body starts to get comfortable with the movement patterns. Now that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's, so that's, it's, go ahead, Rubina. No, that, that really does make, uh, make a lot of sense because, we're both in the same age range, and uh, I found that sitting at the desk and working all day, I started having uh, different kind of muscle pulls in the lower legs, and then I put a little stool, uh, which I'm sitting at right now under my, you know, just when you're sitting stationary, sometimes you don't know where you're putting the stress. That's true. You know, That's whether true. it's crossing your ankle or whether it's, uh, you know, so what are some of the other things that you've seen uh, that well, cause this kind of issue that we can... Well, Rubina, actually what you did was a very good idea because by you putting a little stool up under your feet, what you actually did, you raised your knees a little higher than your hip level. So what that did, it took the stress off your lower back. So maintaining our posture and listening to our body when we have to, to move in various different ways is very important because uh, you sit at your desk a lot. So you want to make sure you have a posture that will take a lot of stress off of some of your muscles. The other thing is that you want to get up and move. It's not good to sit stationary in the house. And now that a lot of us are working at home and working remotely, uh, you can get stuck in front of your computers for a lot, very long time. And it's the same thing for our seniors. Uh, now that they're not able to get out into the community as much and they're, they're stuck at home, you have the tendency to be very sedentary. So it's important not to sit for long periods of time to get up and transition, even if it's going from one room to the other to look out of the window. I tell some of my seniors that have uh, multiple dwellings where they have upstairs and downstairs that, you know, instead of going to the bathroom on the first floor, go to the bathroom on the second floor more frequently. Because just to, just to try to facilitate movement to get you out of your routine of sitting, because it's very easy to do uh, now that a lot of us are confined to our, our homes. You know, I'm finding that because I'm, I, I, I could get up and start working at seven in the morning. At, at noon, I forgot to eat and I'm still sitting in the same spot and it's, it's not a good thing. So yeah. maybe something that people could do is even if they had a, a little alarm on their phone or something that reminded themselves, maybe even every hour or two to get up and like you said, yeah. walk around or go you know, look out the window, even if it's something simple like that and stand in front of the window and look out for a while so that you, because when you're, you, yeah. when you're standing, you're using different postural muscles, which I learned from you, Londa, than when you're sitting. Yeah. yeah. And while you're standing there also do some deep breathing because that also had the diaphragm is a muscle as well. So you right. want to get some deep breathing in there. 
And so that's another thing that you can do while you're standing and looking out your window, uh, weight shifting, moving your body from one side to the other while you're standing there because that weight shifting will also uh, help the postural muscles tense up around the skeletal. And so it's a way of strengthening just by weight bearing and weight shifting. So there's a lot of things that you can kind of do to try to improve your mobility within your own home and break up the routine. It is really, really important not to sit for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. As I'm uh, listening to you, uh, Londa, I think in Olive we're trying to do some of the things that you're suggesting. We have uh, exercise program. Uh, we've gone online like everybody else uh, on Tuesdays. And we have a very nice friend here who Phyllis knows, Dan Dane, who's also been a guest on our show. He has uh, this Center for Balance, dandane.com. Okay. And he also, through our community college, offers classes uh, uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays in Tai Chi and balance. And it just addresses exactly the movement, the, the chair, and the sitting. And the fact that we are in a virtual environment right now, I would like to encourage uh, the listeners to, to, to come join our programs that are designed to, to overcome uh, uh, some of this uh, sedentary habits and and also just from on Dan's website danlane.com there are lots of small videos that he's put together and he made one specially for me and for my company and Phyllis I think and Londa you we can use it and it's for uh, stress uh, relieving in a work environment oh, where he has cool. exercises you know so that because my people are now working from home right. you know, so that we can list, use it and it's a two 15 minute segments and you can do it while sitting on your at your desk or, or getting up and doing it so uh, so those are at least some of the resources that we are trying to bring forward to to support what you're saying that we need to be doing. Actually, Londa, when we were talking the other day, didn't you tell me there's some kind of walking app that you can use in your home? What was it again? I was going to say, say, Robina, that's excellent because those videos make a huge difference. Uh, And Tai Chi is excellent. There's so much uh, uh, research on the ancient art of Tai Chi and maintaining balance and improving balance in seniors. But also you can find on on YouTube, there's a lot of walking videos. You can just put in the search engine walking videos and they have someone where you just walk right in your house. You can walk up to a mile. You can walk up to two miles. They have a stretching program prior to to make sure that your muscles are prepared for the walking activity. And so then they have the actual 20 minutes of walking and then you have a wind down afterwards. So they have so many different types of uh, apps that are out there on the internet, uh, on your phone apps that you can use to aid you in starting your walking programs. Hmm. That really sounds terrific. The chair exercises as well. I found some very interesting chair exercises for some of my seniors. Can you, you give an example of one? Uh, you know, for, for you know what I typically have them do uh, is I just have them put in their chair exercise, something simple in the search engine, chair exercises for seniors. <laughs> a multitude of them will pop up and they can kind of figure out which one that they like the best. But one of the things that they typically will have them do is use their soup cans for weights. Things that they have in the house. They can just use a soup can for weights for the upper extremity because when you place some weights on the muscle, that tries to, it improves the muscle mass. Or using exercise bands that you can get, the darker the band color, the more resistance you get. 
So there are all types of things that we can use in our home environment to try to improve our, our physical activity and as a result, improve our muscle strength and balance. We definitely need it, Londa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think on that note, we're just going to take a short break and uh, we'll be back in a few on Senior Straight Talk with this for this wonderful conversation on balance, mobility. I think it's something that most of us need. So we'll be back in a few on Senior Straight Talk. Phyllis Amon, owner of Phyllis Amon Associates, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones and coaches them to become more effective advocates. Her expertise comes from working in over 45 nursing homes. Phyllis, known for her passion, empathy, high-quality care standards, and quality life for older adults, is an experienced educator, speaker, and trainer. She's bridged the gap from healthcare to public and private sector businesses on topics from communication, caregiving, empathy, and novel approaches to team building and leadership. Rubina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of All of Community Services, a 501c3 providing support services to seniors, families, and the community. Olive's Live, Learn, and Thrive programs engage seniors physically, mentally, and socially. Rubina's passion for seniors stems from her experiences as an only child, living miles away from her aging parents who are over 90 years of age. She understands the issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org for further information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email the hosts at phyllis at seniorstraighttalk.com. Now back to Senior Straight Talk. Welcome back to Senior Straight Talk. This is uh, Rubina Chaudhry with my co-host Phyllis Amon and with our wonderful guest, Londa Selman Given, and we're talking about seniors and mobility and wellness and everything else that goes uh, goes along with it. And we, uh, in the last segment, uh, Londa, we talked about different ways, many ways that we can increase mobility of our large muscles, small muscles, just activity. And we shared some uh, some resources. But the biggest thing here is changing people's habits. We can keep on talking until we're blue in the face, keep on giving resources, but until we can hold hands and get people to change their habits, you know, it it falls on deaf ears. And that was one of the reasons why we designed the Olive Walkathon for 30 days. So that slowly we will get more people walking, making friends and walking groups. And hopefully hopefully through that, we will change at least some people's habits uh, of being mobile. What are some of the other um, initiatives that you've seen that we could learn from that help promote uh, mobility, balance, uh, et cetera? in addition to giving the, uh, the information? 
You, you know, that's a very good point because what is often happening is, is sometimes we get very discouraged because we don't see results quickly. And then we get discouraged and then we decide to stop. But it's a process. And I tell people, you know, as you are trying to develop um, physical fitness and physical activity programs, you have to be very patient with yourself. You, you know, it's very difficult to go from inactivity to activity quickly. You, you have to be very patient with yourself. I will, I will often tell patients that it's, it's very easy to, to lose a lot of muscle strength, but it takes twice, a lot, twice as long to gain it back. So while you're trying to develop those habits, it just takes to start off small increments. That's what I often tell a lot of the patients and a lot of the seniors that I work with. Make very small goals for yourself. Maybe today I might just do some chair exercises and maybe tomorrow I plan to walk maybe a block and then the next day maybe two blocks back and with regarding to the walking program that you guys were talking about. That's why over that 30-day period, it gives you a chance to move up and change your habits and increase activity in small increments because those are the small increments that will allow you to continue. So each day, find something positive. Find something positive in your movement. Okay, it, it may not be what you want it to be, but you're you're moving a little bit more than you were the day before. And let that be your gauge and let that be your goal. And I find that people, when they do that, they have a tendency to um, adhere to the programming and have more satisfaction uh, with their activity levels. And also choose a time that works for you. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. Choose a time that works for you. You know, it may be difficult for some people to start off their exercise programs and the walking programs in the morning because uh, some people suffer with arthritis and other types of conditions that oftentimes in the morning time they're a little stiffer. So you've got to figure out what time of the day really works for you. And also that buddy system works. That's what I like about the program that you guys have. Having somebody hold you accountable, whether it's a, a friend, a neighbor, uh, a grandchild, a colleague, have somebody hold you accountable to each day trying to do something, some type of self-care for yourself that includes movement. Well, thank you. Those are excellent, excellent points. And uh, one thing that we've done with my buddy, uh, my husband, myself, and my neighbor, her husband gets up too late, so he's not part of our buddy, buddy system. <laughs> and, and we're exploring our neighborhood. You know, since we started this walk, Phyllis, we've discovered that within 10 minutes from our house, there's a beautiful trail. Oh, yeah? You go, yes. You go oh, left wow. and you go by a golf course. And just yesterday, we went to the other side and I said, oh, what's that? There's a, actually a, 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 reserve, a natural reserve. Really? Panorama. And wow. a big, beautiful panoramic look out only 12 minutes walking from our house that we didn't know about. So this morning we looked at these beautifully crafted, choreographed or pruned trees. I mean, and we're taking pictures, we're taking videos. And uh, one, one day I sent uh, to our coordinator, I sent my picture, a little video and that, and she put some jazz music behind it. She did this, wow. you know, this like such that. a cute little uh, thing of, you know, the pictures of uh, the three of us, uh, and they used it for promotion to encourage people to walk. Oh, that's you know? a great thing. Yeah. So, so you know, we're we're trying, and uh, this, 
Yeah. You know, I wanted to say something else about the walking when you say you discovered a path and you discovered nature. Um, As part of resilience, um, it's important to be out amongst, uh, well, I shouldn't say one aspect uh, that contributes to resilience. There's something about being amongst the trees and the trees give off uh, something called phytoncides, I think it Mm -hmm. is, if I'm saying it correctly. And... um, and there's a whole way of thinking about bathing in the trees. Actually, the Japanese developed this whole program about being amongst the trees, and it helps to boost mood. And so walking, not only because of the endorphins that it, it helps um, release in your body, which boosts mood, but if you are walking and around nature, you will be absorbing some of what these the plants and the trees give off, which could also boost your mood. So it has many benefits besides just the physical benefits. It's, it's, it's really, you know, I've walked here and there. My husband is more regular walker. Uh, remember, um, Phyllis, very first conversation we had about the radio program was when I was walking with Shamim, yes, remember? Yes, yes. About a year, year and a half ago. Yes, a little <laughs> over a year ago. I actually called Rubina and I was um, actually um, looking, asking her if she would sponsor the show because the, the previous um, arrangement didn't work out and as I was she was walking with this same woman and um, as Rubina tells the story when she hung up the woman said to her whatever she said you should do it right no she said whatever whatever he is saying you should do it because she didn't know who I was talking to (laughs) (laughs) whatever he's saying to you you should do it Uh, so that was the you know uh, that's how it was born through walking so walking is part of this whole program see it's at the root of our our association and at the root of this podcast so very much so and uh, i want to come back to nature and the importance of it um two days ago when shimim and i were walking we saw this little bird that was dead on the road we walked by the next day we the little bird was still there and we said you know Something needs to be. So we picked it up. You know, one of us had a tissue. We picked it up. We put it in the uh, in the bushes. And then uh, said, no, I want to take its picture. And she said, I want to give it flowers. So we gave it flowers and a little burial for the little oh, bird. Oh, that was you know? so nice. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I think it was, it was good for us. Right, right, to right. To connect. Right. You know, and it, it was good for us to connect. It was good for us to be observant. As I said, you know, we we are noticing things about our neighborhood. We are noticing this beautiful landscaping in different houses and the differences of it just because we're out of the car right. and we're walking. We're actually looking. And these right. are the roads that we drive every day many times. And and when and not only talking about nature and boosting mood, that's also a part of mindfulness. So yes. when you're really looking yeah. at what's around you, you're you're present yeah. in the moment. And that that practice of mindfulness can have so many other beneficial effects when you're encountering other difficulties too. It's not an easy thing to to really really be present and be aware of what's going on in your mind and in your body. And so 
that's contributing to that. If people can think about that when they're doing it, not to walk mindlessly, but to walk mindfully, even in their home. Really important, Phyllis. It it really is. And in the uh, in these our new normal right now with the pandemic, you find a lot of people pausing mm-hmm. and, and trying to incorporate a lot of these things into their lives. Just this 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 pause that has been placed upon us uh, because of the virus is causing individuals to to walk more and to be more in tune with their surroundings. Like Rabina was saying, there's things in her neighborhood that she'd never noticed before. Right, right, right. Not only is the physical exercise good in terms of releasing those endorsements like you were talking about, but also to connect. It alters your mood and it, 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 so your emotional fitness is, is being catered to as well. Yeah, so that's I, really great. Yeah. I have another benefit too I'll share. And there's a strategic benefit to my walking as well. Phyllis might laugh at this. <laughs> when we, when I first meet Shamim in the morning, we start walking, and she said, "I say, can I share something?" She's, she, she has this beautiful smile. She says, "Okay, what is it now?" And I'm a strategist, so I have the opportunity to brainstorm and to give these things that are mulled through my head in all different aspects and reality check and get the real feedback. And I feel that that's really calming. It's, it's, it's a, because I have that kind of entrepreneurial uh, personality, you know, that ideas are always growing. So I am really, I can tell her, I can tell her giggle when it's coming. She says, okay, I'm listening. Right. Go for it. And so that would be that would be a, a, a thing to tell to other people if they can find somebody that they could yes. share this with, that they could have tremendous connection benefits. And if yeah. they feel uncomfortable, let's say, because of social distancing, um, they could do it, um, maybe be talking on the phone to that person while they're they're walking or take a picture of themselves while they're walking, right. you mm-hmm. know? And connect that way. But I don't, uh, you know, we we have about 15 minutes left. I wanted to talk with Londa about, uh, because we both share a passion for people who are in nursing homes, and, and that's how we met. Yes. Um, um, I wanted to ask about people now who are in nursing homes and maybe isolated in their rooms or also assisted living facilities. I had been talking with someone in the beginning of COVID in New York uh, when it was a hot spot. And uh, he was telling me that his mother had been isolated in her room for about six weeks and she was losing, uh, you know, not only was she getting depressed, but she wasn't moving around. She didn't have the ability to, um, you know, to experience what she had experienced before, whether it was walking to the dining room or walking to an activity, even if it was something simple like that. So what can you tell people who have loved ones that are isolated in their rooms or what have you used as a strategy for people isolated in their rooms under these circumstances? Well, Phyllis, you're absolutely right. What uh, what we're finding in the industry uh, and some of the data that's coming in from public health officials is that this isolation uh, is causing more frailty in our seniors and skilled nursing facilities, um, not just from as a physical component, but also emotionally and socially because they're not able to see their families. And because of uh, particular isolation precautions and zones uh, to try to protect 
uh, individuals within these facilities, then they are not able to move around. They may not be able to walk in the hallways because, you know, you're trying to reduce the exposure. So it has had a significant impact on uh, people losing their ability to ambulate, to transfer, to participate in their self-care activities. So the rehabilitation departments in these buildings are working diligently to try to assess these residents, to try to put programs in place as well as with activities to maintain that mobility. And there's one thing I should also mention that we're seeing, we're seeing a cognitive decline in those patients that are, are positive with this COVID virus. We're seeing a, a cognitive decline with some of our uh, elderly patients. So now our speech pathologists are becoming very much involved as well to try to implement programming to enhance the focusing, uh, to retard the memory loss. And so um, it, it's really uh, important that if you are in a facility or have a loved one that's in a facility, that even if you're not able to access them because it may be limited visitation right now, uh, call the rehab departments, call the social service department, advocate for uh, and, and try to find out what type of programs are being in place for your loved ones to, to retard that process. Hmm, absolutely. Um, what about, is there anything, um, I know Rubina's mother is um, a distance from her. Uh, she, her mother is in Canada, about a thousand miles away from where she is in California. And of course, she has virtual visits with her every now and again. But, and, and, uh, but, but I just wanted to say, what could people do outside of virtual visits? Is there something they could uh, suggest to a nursing home or assisted living facility or send to them? Um, to help engage their their family members or loved ones, because this is a very very difficult time for for people. I mean, I, obviously, I've seen it as have, as have you. Yes, you know there there are some facilities that are actually allowing some visitations. Um, they have kind of um, visitation through the windows. Mm-hmm. You know, if that your loved one is on the first floor, so they're allowing some contact that way. Through the FaceTime visits, uh, the, a lot of the recreation departments are responsible for that and aiding with that. And what I've asked them to do, you know, if you have a 30-minute time slot that you can visit with your family, that time slot or more, try to incorporate not just talking about uh, how they're doing and what they're doing, but also some movement as well. Mm-hmm. I've had family members sing to their loved ones mm-hmm. or do exercises with them during the FaceTime. So it's not just a visit about how do you feel, mom? You know, I wish I could see you, mom. You want to you want to give them something positive throughout that FaceTime visit. Um, also, like I said, make sure that you do call. And it, it is important that people advocate. Oh, I think we lost Londa for a moment. Londa, I think we lost you for a minute. You were frozen. While we're trying to get Londa back, Rubina, you want to talk a little bit about what you were doing with your mother um, based on what Londa was saying when you have these virtual visits? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. Yes. I. Oh, wait. uh, Is is Londa you back? No, I had a conversation with uh, mom this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, I had a very nice um, surprise FaceTime call. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, we can yes. hear. Uh, where'd you go? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, about I to get my technical report. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was going to get my technical report. <laughs> okay. So, so just to go back, I mean, we'll, we'll ask uh, Rubina in a second again, but you were saying that you recommend to family members to do things other than just say, Mom, how are you? and Or Dad, how are you? What, what have you been doing? 
Yeah, you want you want to engage them. Uh, read a story. You know, they may have a, 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 a special story that you guys share together. Um, I've had some families recommend to some families show pictures, you know, make like a memory book. You're very familiar with that, Phyllis. Yeah. Uh, try to engage Try to engage your loved one. And I, like I said, you can even do movement things together. You know, if, if, if dad or mom has a special song that they like, you can dance for them and encourage them to move their arms and move their legs. So try to make the visit more of a visit where you engage them in something positive. Mm. I was especially because they're missing the physical contact. I was just going to say, uh, I've advocated memory books or legacy books for a long time also. Yeah. And I'm just thinking based on what you said, I mean, this, this, could be a, uh, this could be a great thing to hold up pictures and see if, you know, and have your loved one or family member tell you something about that picture and then record yeah. it. And then, yes. you know, maybe, and, and if it's difficult, maybe then you can prompt them and, and see if you can pull some kind of conversation for, for those people who may not have that much language. And this would be a good way rather than just looking at somebody and saying, you know, how are you feeling? And like you say, or what did you eat for breakfast kind of thing? Yeah, that's an excellent idea because it, 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 it um, it's, it's engaging. And it facilitates and promotes language, and it also stimulates the, the, the process of, of memory and focus and cognition. So those are great ideas, Phyllis. I'd take that back. <laughs> take that back to the facility. <laughs> I, I, I won't charge you that one, <laughs> But, but Rubina, so well, I had asked you when uh, we lost uh, Londa there for a second, but then she got back. So what kinds of things have, have you been able to do with your mom um, when you've been well, visiting with her? Most of the conversation with my mom are, you know, how are you, you know, what's happening. Um, uh, Alonda, just for your information, I've given my mom an iPad and I call my them on phone, the staff, okay. and, and get an uh, assessment, how is mom, and then they set up her iPad and then I have an opportunity to talk as long or as little as she wants because she has her own uh, on iPad, okay. uh, so we are connecting nicely. Uh, but I will, what I will take from you is uh, pictures. I will send her more regularly pictures. Uh, actually, it's my fault. The recreation coordinator had suggested that I could send videos. In the beginning, I did a couple times, Phyllis, but then I got off of it. And no, I think that's okay. It's not a fault thing. I, I, and everybody I mean, gets busy and 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 gets sidetracked, and you're concerned about other things. And I have to say, your mom has had some other medical issues in 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 between and so of course that's your primary focus so it's not a fault thing at all but when one thing that is happening which is kind of uh, happened by default she goes to dialysis three times a week and she started wandering around so the hospital or the care home asked for me to provide support so I was able to get the care aid that she knows so, so indirectly, she's meeting someone she knows three times a week. So to me, that's very oh, important. Oh, that, that is wonderful. She's in a brand new facility because she, after hip, hip surgery, she wasn't able to go back to her assisted living. So in, this has all happened in COVID. But what happened yesterday, Phyllis, that I wanted to share with you, uh, another one of our guests who's been, uh, Rajiv from Canada, who's been our, uh, um, our guest as well, uh, he was going through the facility 
and recognized mom. This gentleman is the director of care of the facility my mom used to be in. They had a conversation and he did FaceTime with me. I was oh, in the cool. middle of a meeting. I said, oh. come on, I, I have, I mean, that was such a pleasant surprise and I felt so touched and like that mom got to meet with him. Today I talked to him. I said, oh, do you know, did you? Yes, I saw him and, you know, so she recognized him. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. She, he, said she rec- she, he said she recognized me. She knew I wasn't a stranger but she couldn't tell my name, couldn't tell who it was. So that was so touching. Uh, and, you know, these these are very emotional experiences for me, not being there, but just being satisfied through someone else being there. Uh, very helpful. And, and it is, it's very powerful. And that's what a lot of people are feeling. I mean, you're very fortunate, Rabina, that you have people near her or that have access to the building where she is. You know, I have to say with the virus kind of um, um, spiraling out of control again in this country, um, yeah. I don't know how, how long uh, uh, this, places this, will remain open. I just want to say, because Alonda, I don't know if you know that, I mean, I'm sure you do know that Governor Cuomo has already, you know, started yeah. to track yeah. a number yeah. of things. And, um, you know, this is, um, you know, this is and, a serious concern. And actually, I heard something also that a lot of colleges are suggesting that students be tested before they leave, before they go home for Thanksgiving. That I believe they're doing that for the SUNY schools here in New York, Philip. Yes, that they that, are. And yes. that, that they're suggesting that they may, they might want to quarantine for 14 days and then take another test before they leave. So this is, um, this is another area of concern that's going to become part of our reality. We're kind of going to go backwards a little bit. So I think the more we can give people ideas and things that they could do that can empower them so they don't feel so kind of lost again, it will be helpful. You know, and I'm going to work out with uh, the facilities that I'm, I'm in in upstate New York to try to challenge the healthcare practitioners for us to find creative ways to also engage and try to maintain mobility, even though we are limited by the infection control procedures and policies that they have in place, to try to to, to incorporate the, the nursing staff and, and the other uh, auxiliary staff and how we can just assist these seniors and keep them moving in the midst of all of this. Yeah, because uh, people are, I'm sure they're going to go back to eating in their rooms again. There was a little bit of relaxing of that going into dining, especially units with people who have more cognitive impairment. They felt that that was important, but they, uh, the likelihood is that they're going to go, they're going to retreat from that again. So those are... um, those are all uh, fortunately it's uh, it's necessary in british columbia they're on a, a 14 day basically a lockdown and and this was by the way phyllis an accidental running into rajiv had an uh, uh, an appointment in the hospital and mom was waiting in the lobby to go for her dialysis. what a wonderful what a wonderful coincidence talk, talk about uh, talk about 
you know, a, a circumstance that might seem negative turning into a positive. And there right. are many people who are going out to dialysis, but then there are many people who aren't able to go out to their appointments. And even something like going out to an empo- appointment where yes. you're, you're seeing something different, you're seeing yeah. different surroundings, that in and of itself is stimulating. Yes. Exactly. Uh, even right. riding in an ambulance and being in, you know, one-to-one with someone for a period of time or waiting in a clinic if people don't have that opportunity it's that much harder and also think about the fact that we can't see each other smile you know if in these facilities we all have our masks on i know in in some in the hospital sometimes uh when i cover per diem some of the the uh hospital practitioners will put you know make a smiley face on their on their uh mask because it's so important you know absolutely People, they can't see, our, our faces are obstructed. So you have people coming in and out of your room providing care for you. So it's very important that we uh, take the the extra time to try to make uh, individuals as comfortable as possible. And I really want to take the, the this moment to just um, commend those health professionals and skilled nursing facilities and hospitals and all these first responders uh, that are really trying to engage and, and make this a better situation in the midst of all of, all of this. And, and I have to say, Amen. they um, I'm sure any of us can turn on the news and, and find out how difficult that is, that people yeah, are really is. struggling right. through this. And it's not only healthcare workers, um, nurses, doctors, respiratory therapists working in hospitals, but the w- people that are working in nursing homes. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Mm-hmm. often absolutely. forget about healthcare workers in nursing homes. Right. And, um, it's, a, it's a struggle. Um, it's, re- it's really a struggle to wear that PPE all day and, and having to do a lot of this heavy lifting uh, with people and caring for them. And yet you're worried about yourself. You're worried about the resident that you're caring for. You're worried about your own family. And people very often forget about healthcare workers in nursing homes. And that's an area of, of real serious concern. And um, for me, and I know for you, Londa, because we both work in, yeah. that, in that space. Yeah, right. Um, no, so that's, I, that's very, very true. We need to keep uh, them um, up front and foremost because they are some of the most dedicated uh, people that are working in nursing homes. So before we sign off, Londa, are there any other resources or contact information or anything you'd like to offer to our listeners that could be a benefit for them or if they want to get more information? Well, actually, the AARP has a website as well for fitness and health. Uh, so you can utilize that website. They have a very good we- website. Uh, they have the silver sneakers programming as well uh, that starts off with walking in, and they actually give you a variety of different uh, healthcare uh, insurances that will pay for particular programs that you might want to be a part of. So that's a very, very good website. I, like, I often tell a lot of seniors to, to go up and use that AARP website because it provides you with a lot of information regarding maintaining health and fitness. And do and also, I just want to make sure that, uh, again, I reiterate about making sure you contact your, your medical professionals before you start your programs, because there are other things that can impact balance. Medications can impact balance. Um, there's a lot of other, other things that could play a role in why you might be getting weak and why, me, why you might be having balance issues above and beyond just the normal aging process. So you want to make sure. Yeah, and I want to add to that. Um, 
you know, there are underlying respiratory conditions. That's an area of specialty of mine. So there are underlying respiratory conditions that people uh, should know about, be informed about, and be concerned about. So if they feel themselves getting winded, that's also a reason that they should really consult a medical professional because before you push yourself, you should know if you're experiencing any underlying conditions that could impact your ability to move and exercise. Um, Rubina, you want to say something about the um, olive um, fit? Uh, the walkathon. Walk I'm sorry. The walkathon. Yes, walk that's olive fit and fun. That's a, that's one of our signature programs. Landa is um, olive fit and fun, and walkathon is one of the initiatives under there. Um, my, please join us. Please sponsor yourself. Help get other sponsors. And you can get the information and the registration information on olivecs.org, O-L-I-V-E-C-S dot O-R-G. And uh, I hope you will visit the Olive webpage and uh, and uh, share with others. And because we are virtual, the distance doesn't matter. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Distance does not matter. Absolutely. So, uh, so, so please join us. Uh, join us for the... Olive Fit and Fun Walkathon. So with that, um, I guess this we've come to the end. This has been a terrific conversation um, for me, especially um, for me, especially to, to connect with Landa is very special to connect with her in, in this way. So Landa, I want to thank, oh, thank you. you so much for being on the podcast with both of you ladies. I really have a great respect for your work and what you're doing to reach out. It makes a big difference. Well, so thank, and you. thank you. So I guess we'll say um, goodbye today for Senior Straight Talk and for thanking Londa for the enlightening conversation, the valuable work you do, the invaluable information for our listeners. And please join us on our next episode of Senior Straight Talk for more informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. So this is Phyllis Amon. I'm signing off for myself and for Rubina. And please remember to like, click and share our episodes. And until next time, stay safe, stay well and stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Senior Straight Talk. Join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry again soon for another episode on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platforms.